Hello and welcome back to Coco Sleep, a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. Hey Coco Club members, I hope you're looking forward to this week's bonus episode. It's the return of our friends Daisy Doolittle and Houdini the Hamster. This time they're going to a wildlife park where Daisy chats with all kinds of animals and helps make a lucky meerkat's dream come true. Now, back to tonight's story, which features two very precious little people, who are two of our longest listening fans. We're so fond of them and grateful that they tune in a few bedtimes a week, that we've actually written them their own little tale. Yep, Connie and Rupert, this one is for you and comes with all our snoozy, cuddly love straight from Sleepy Forest. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month, and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Settle back into bed and close your eyes, everyone. Remember back to the summer and those long, warm, dry days that went on forever. Breathe in the balmy air and breathe out. Imagine the wheat, maize and barley tall and swaying in the fields and the birdsong floating gently overhead. That's right, it's summer and we're heading off together with two young children to visit Grandpa Simon's allotment. There is magic in the air, and something very special is happening. Could it be that the vegetables are coming to life? Listen in as I begin Grandpa Simon and the Talking Vegetables by Susanna McLaughlin. It had been a lovely summer day in Grandpa Simon's allotment, a day which seemed like it would never end. It was late in the evening and every budding gardener had long since gone home. But the sun was still hanging in the sky, sending soft light over the plots of flowers and vegetables. Today was the longest day of the year. It almost felt like daytime still except the sky was a slightly darker, duskier shade of blue, made hazy by the barbecue smoke, which had been billowing over the neighbouring garden fences all evening. The allotments were placed on a hill in the heart of a busy neighbourhood. Green plots covered the hill and the valley below, like a higgledy-piggledy jigsaw made up of leafy little gardens. Small sheds were scattered throughout, housing muddy tools and floppy rubber wellies. The occasional shovel or pitchfork stuck into the air, where they had been plunged into the earth with satisfaction at the end of a productive Sunday afternoon. Often a pair of gardening gloves had been placed over their handles, fingers flopping over as if waving hello at anyone walking by. Grandpa Simon had been tending to his crops all afternoon with his grandchildren Connie and Rupert. They had worked in the allotment together, watering plants, turning the compost, 
repotting the tomatoes and tying up the runner beans. Connie and Rupert loved these afternoons with their grandpa. They loved listening as he sang along to old songs on the radio. They loved putting on their overalls and wellies and getting all muddy. Most of all, they loved the picnic lunch that Grandpa Simon brought in his wicker basket. Grandpa would shake out a red gingham blanket and lay it out on the patch of grass in the centre of the allotment, and they would all flop down on top of it. They would drink cloudy lemonade and eat cheese and pickle sandwiches together, resting and building up their strength, ready to get working again. They had done such good work that afternoon. The carrots, potatoes, turnips and beetroot were tucked up and well-fed in a bed of deep brown soil. The lettuce, cabbages and curly kale were springing proudly from the flower beds extra green and glistening with water. The pumpkins were plump and vibrant in colours of autumn, oranges, greens and purple. The beans were twirled perfectly around their bean poles and the tomatoes' pots had been brightly painted by Connie and Rupert with images of yellow stars and moons and swirling waves of blue. The greenhouse was tidy and warm and the tools were perfectly in their places in the little red shed. Grandpa Simon's big green wellies stood there by the door, next to Connie's smaller red wellies and Rupert's tiny yellow ones. The vegetables were all tucked up as usual, and quiet settled over the allotments, as the caretaker came by to lock its iron gate. He watered the sunflowers around the entrance, climbed back into his truck and headed home for dinner. Usually, dark would have settled over the allotments by now, but it was the longest day of the year and the dusk was not turning to night. When the moon rose his big white face, the sun still hung there in the sky and they smiled at each other. There they both stayed, suspended in the sky one pale yellow sun and one pearly moon. Shouldn't you be going to bed now, sunshine? asked the moon. Why, it's the longest day of the year, replied the sun. I want to stay up a little longer. It sure is beautiful up here. The moon agreed and smiled. He could share the sky tonight. Under the silver glow of the moon and the faint golden light of a dusky sun, something unusual happened in the allotment. The plants began to stir. It started with Colin, the fluffy cauliflower in Grandpa Simon's plot. He began to snore gently, then snort softly. And then he awoke fully with a soft yawn. He looked up at the sky and smiled. What a beautiful night. He stretched his leaves and wriggled his roots. He looked left and right and up to the sky before calling to the radish next door. Randall, he cooed, wake up.
The sky is magical tonight. Randall Radish woke up and poked his vibrant pink head above the soil. His eyes widened. Wow, he whispered. He called to his friend Posy the pumpkin. Posy, he sang. There's a glowing orange ball in the sky. It looks a little like you. Posy woke up and smiled her wide smile. She bounced up and down, then rolled like a bowling ball down the grass verge to join Randall and Colin. They looked up at the sky together. Something special was happening. They usually woke up to look at the moon at night, but they always stayed sleepily in their beds. Tonight, they could move and they could talk to one another. It must be something to do with the magical light of the sun and the moon, mingling and fusing and gently waking what usually lay snoozing in the soil. They watched the floating orbs for a while before deciding to explore the vegetable patch together. They headed to the carrot patch first. Colin the cauliflower sang out a greeting to the carrots that lay hidden underground. One by one, pop, 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 up bobbed the carrots from the soil like little rockets. They were bright orange and very healthy, with luscious frilly light green leaves fanning high above their heads. Last of all popped up a couple of teeny baby carrots. These only had a few little leaves sprouting above their cute little faces, and they had wispy little roots trailing from their feet. Posy the pumpkin cooed at the little carrots. Then she began pulling silly faces to make them laugh, making googly eyes and puffing up her cheeks. The baby carrots fell about laughing. The bigger carrots greeted the other vegetables politely. Carrots are very clever, so they immediately looked at the sky and began pondering what special magic lay in the clouds. They decided they should have a carrot conference to mull over this special event, and so hopped off through the other allotments, from carrot patch to carrot patch, gathering their friends. Colin the cauliflower laughed. Those carrots were incredibly clever. But cauliflowers were more fun-loving vegetables, and he didn't want to spend this special night thinking. He wanted to make some friends, and maybe even have a party under the sun and moon. Colin, Posy and Randall decided to wake the rest of the vegetables in the patch and get the party started. They hopped and rolled over to the beetroots. The beetroots could be seen by their huge pinky leaves, which stick up from the soil. Colin beckoned the beetroot up from the soil, and up they came, spinning around like a spinning top, rising taller and taller until they could roll out onto the grass. Betty Beetroot was the first to greet the gang. She had shining eyes and rosy cheeks with big dimples. She was so very pink. Posy complimented her colour, 
and Betty blushed even pinker. Betty said that the beetroot loved sleeping in their cosy home under the earth, but isn't it nice to breathe in the cool evening air and look at the sun and the moon? She bounced up and down like a bouncy ball. The turnips and the parsnips, hearing the thud of Betty's bounces, slid up from their beds. A big, knobbly celeriac called Celia rolled from her patch, and corn cobs peeked out from behind their green blankety leaves, slipping out of their husks and hopping over the plot. The group was growing now. Colin the cauliflower and Posy the pumpkin left Randall chatting with their new friends on the little lawn to go and wake up the vegetables who were tucked away in the sleepy warmth of the greenhouse. They stood at the bottom of the gleaming green panel of glass that made up the door and paused. Hmm, how would they reach the door handle? Posy had an idea. Grandpa Simon always told Connie and Rupert that they could do anything if they worked together. She told Colin to climb up onto her head. Colin stood atop her stem and reached to stand on the tips of his roots. Still, he wasn't tall enough. Posy thought again. Aha! She knew what to do. She boinged upwards like she was on a trampoline, boinging higher and higher until Colin could wrap one of his leaves around the door handle. The door sprang open and they laid on the ground for a minute, giggling and catching their breath. Entering the greenhouse felt like walking through a curtain of warmth. It was a tropical, humid heat that felt heavy on their skin like a blanket. There were many vegetables having a nap in here, wrapped up and hunkered down in the warmth. Tomatoes snored on the vine. Huge, shining courgettes sprung outwards from their plants to lay upon the soft compost. And deep purple aubergines dozed against their thick stems. Colin stood in front of a row of tomato plants, gazing at their specially painted pots. He looked at the patterns twisting and turning and pointed out how well Connie and Rupert had captured the moon's glow. Posy agreed. Colin looked up at the wall of pale green bushy tomato plants and sang out a booming hello. Hundreds of vivid red cherry tomatoes awoke with little squeaks and startled gasps and spun on their stems to peer down at Colin and Posy. Oops, Colin apologised for startling the little tomatoes. He tried again. Hello, little tomatoes, he said softly. Wakey, wakey. I would like to invite you to our party. The turnips, radishes, beetroots and corn cobs are all there on the lawn already. They're probably playing games and having fun. 
Even Celia the Celeriac is here rolling around, and she is usually the snooziest, deepest-rooted vegetable of all. The tomatoes talked back, all at once, in their tiny tomato titter, so Colin couldn't understand them. Posy told him not to worry. She spoke tomato. She said that they thanked him kindly for their invitation and that they would love to attend. One by one, the cherry tomatoes bounced, boinged and bounded from their plants down to the greenhouse floor, where they began to roll, whizzing past Posy and Colin out into the allotment. It was a funny sight to behold. The tomatoes were smiling and squeaking with excitement as they went. Next, Posy and Colin woke up the courgettes and the aubergines. Colette, the courgette, and Angelina, the aubergine, chatted with Posy and Colin whilst their friends woke up. Colette had a smooth French accent and Angelina a passionate Italian one. Their voices sounded like music. Soon the courgettes and aubergines glid gracefully out into the yard too. Well, that's everyone, Colin and Posy thought. They bounced and touched bellies in some kind of vegetable high five. They turned towards the door. As they headed out, they heard a beautiful sound drifting from the back of the greenhouse. Colin and Posy paused. An enchanting song drifted from the hidden corner, obscured by the bushy tomato plants. It was a complex harmony, sung by hundreds of angelic voices. They followed the sound. There, up against the wall, standing tall and expertly twirled around bamboo poles, were the peas. Of course, sometimes when Colin was tucked up in his bed, drifting in and out of a lovely slumber, he had heard Connie and Rupert talking about the peas. They did love tending to them. The pea plants had a few delicate white flowers and a lot of huge furry green pods. They couldn't see a single pea, though. Posy called out a quiet hello. She didn't want to speak too loud as she would hate to interrupt such a beautiful song. One by one, the pods opened, ever so slightly at first, as the peas peeked out, and then wider, until they opened to reveal hundreds of peas, about five to a pod all singing. Of course, Posy said, a harmony so perfect could only be sung by peas in a pod. It was beautiful. They listened until the end of the song. Colin and Posy clapped as the peas finished and invited them to the party. They all cooed with excitement. Colin asked if they would mind singing again for all of the vegetables of the patch. 
Penelope the pea smiled down at them. Of course we will, she said in her soft voice. As you heard, we sing beautiful lullabies, she said. But we can also sing disco music, too. Let's have some fun. With that, the peas sprung down and bounced into the garden. By the time Colin and Posy had rejoined the group in the patch, the party was in full swing. Everyone was chatting, playing games, and dancing to the peas' bopping disco songs. They had such fun. Colin the cauliflower loved chatting with his neighbours. His favourite topics of conversation were Connie, Rupert and Grandpa Simon. All of the vegetables were singing their praises. The children were so fun and caring and Simon was so good at singing to the radio. And most of all, they were so grateful to all three of the humans for feeding them and tending to them so lovingly all day. They were so thankful for the water that Simon poured on them from the watering can, for the haircuts that he gave them when it was time for pruning, and for the beautiful pots that the children painted, which brought cheery colour to their allotment. Colin the cauliflower was discussing this with Celia the celeriac when he had an idea. Celia had recently been struggling with slugs, leaving slimy trails all over her patch. Grandpa Simon had spent hours searching for the slugs and carefully placing them all into a box. He marched down to the bottom of the hill and lovingly released the slugs into the wild patch of woodlands that lay over the gate from the allotments. Celia was so pleased that he took the time to make everybody so much more comfortable. She sighed and said, I wish I could say thank you to Simon, Connie and Rupert for tending to us so attentively. This made Colin think, and then a wonderful idea popped into his little cauliflower head. He whistled to the peas and asked them to stop the music for a minute. He asked Posy if she could become his pumpkin podium, and she said yes. So he hopped atop her head once more. He called out to all of the vegetables of the patch, who moved in closer to hear him speak. Connie, Rupert... And Grandpa Simon have been so kind to us, helping us grow big and strong, said Colin. I think tonight might be a special opportunity to say thank you. The vegetables cheered. Colette, the courgette, spoke up. The three of them were watering in the greenhouse today, she said. And they kept praising my orange flowers. I think humans might like flowers. 
Maybe we could plant some, just for them to enjoy. All of the vegetables cheered again. What a lovely idea. They set off to work. Randall the radish said that he had once heard Grandpa Simon explaining to Connie and Rupert that flowers grow from teeny tiny seeds. He had fetched some from his little red shed and tipped them into his hand for the children to see. So, to the shed they went. But how would they get in? At that moment, they heard a rustle in the bushes. Colin turned to look into the hedge. The leaves parted and two black ears popped out, followed by a little whiskered pink nose. Two big green eyes looked out around the allotment. They shone with happiness. And out slunk Bonnie, the adventurous street cat, who had made her home in the allotment. She purred a hello to the vegetables. Colin said hello to the beautiful cat. He had seen Bonnie slinking around the patch at night, but had never been able to chat with her. What are all of you vegetables doing out of your beds? Bonnie asked. Colin explained that they had been awoken by the sky's magic on this special night and that they had had a lovely party. He also explained their plan to grow Grandpa Simon some beautiful flowers. Bonnie meowed in excitement. Meow, what a good idea, she said. Grandpa Simon and the children are so kind. They always scratch my ears and bring me scraps of yarn to play with and feed me from their picnic basket. Grandpa Simon even built a little cat flap into his shed so that I could have a cosy bed in there in the colder months. They deserve a gift. Colin couldn't believe his ears. A cat flap. He had never heard of such a thing. So Bonnie could enter the shed and retrieve the seeds for them. He asked for Bonnie's help, and she was more than happy to assist. Anything for Grandpa Simon and Connie and Rupert, she said. Bonnie slid through her cat flap and expertly hopped from shelf to shelf, not letting herself be distracted by the collection of twine she crossed, which she was desperate to play with. She hopped over tools and tight-roped along the bar of the lawnmower to reach the shelf where the seeds were stored. Little packets laid strewn all over the shelf, each with a picture of a beautiful flower on the front. Bonnie was dazzled by all of the colours but which to choose. She studied the packets for a while. First, she chose sunflowers, for they reminded her of Connie's sunny disposition. 
Next, she chose Budlia, because their purple blooms attracted butterflies, and Rupert would like to see those. Next, she chose Dicentra, because their flowers grew to dangle from their stems with petals shaped like a love heart, and Grandpa Simon was a very loving person. Finally, she chose wildflower seeds, which were sure to bloom in all sizes, shapes and colours, and which were sure to bring buzzing bumblebees to the garden. Bonnie loved happy little bumblebees. She collected her selected sachets and brought them back to the clearing where the vegetables were waiting. They congratulated her on her thoughtful choices. Where shall we grow them? Bonnie asked. Posy said there was an empty flower bed next to her pumpkin patch, the last empty spot in the thriving allotment. That would be perfect. The vegetables teamed together to scatter the flowers throughout the patch and cover them with soil. They headed to the tap, which Bonnie turned on, twisting the handle with concentration using both of her paws. They filled the big green watering can and fed every last seed some delicious water. They tidied away their tools. After all of that work, the vegetables were sleepy. It was time to go back to their bed. The sun, seeing their hard work, felt sleepy too. She watched as the corn hopped back into their husks, pulling their soft leaves in around themselves and drifting off to sleep. She watched as the peas popped back into their pods and the tomatoes retreated to the warmth of their greenhouse. She watched as the turnips, parsnips, beetroots, carrots and Celia the celeriac rolled back into their comfy beds under the soil. She watched Colin the cauliflower, Randall the radish and Posy the pumpkin as they bade each other goodnight and headed off to their corners of the allotment. And finally, she watched Bonnie the sleepy cat crawl into her cosy bed in the shed, where she turned twice, tucked in her tail, and curled up to sleep. When everyone was tucked up in bed, the sun looked at the moon. I should get to bed now she said, but I have one last bit of magic to do, if you would be so kind as to help me. The moon smiled and nodded his round head. Together, they lent their magic to the allotment one last time, and then said goodnight to one another as the sun went to bed. 
When Grandpa Simon and the children returned to the allotment the next afternoon, they couldn't believe their eyes. Huge sunflowers had burst from the soil overnight to tower over the greenhouse. Vibrant purple blooms were fluttering with butterflies and wild poppies buzzed with bumblebees. Love heart-shaped petals glowed in the sun. Trumpet-like flowers hung from foxgloves and delicate little forget-me-nots peeked out from the wild grass. It was such a beautiful sight. The family had no idea which mystery gardeners could have given them such a precious gift. But they were very grateful, and they vowed to water and tend to these flowers as carefully as they looked after the sleepy vegetables, which nestled into the soil in their special little allotment.